Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Week 12 upon us. Not sure how we got here. Middle of November, college football playoff implications. And every team on the Pac-12 slate in action on a busy November 16th. Welcome, everybody. Not every team. Not every team. UW and Colorado. Correct. All but two teams. So 10 of the 12 teams. We'll go back to the Pac-10 days. Welcome back, everybody, to Believe in the Pac-12. Ryan Leaf, Jonathan Rifkin, happy to be with you on a Thursday or whatever day you happen to be listening. I hope it's before Saturday, November 16th, because otherwise this wouldn't be prevalent. But if you want to look back and see whether we were right or wrong about our predictions, then maybe you're watching or listening, rather, after Saturday, November 16th. But... As Ryan said, five games on the Pac-12 slate, and it all kicks off at 1.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Washington State hosting Stanford. Now, there is a good chance, Ryan Leaf, that your Cougars drop this game. Of course it is. I mean, this game's been very competitive. They've owned Stanford for the last few years. The fact that the opening line came out as as double digits, 10-point favorite for Washington State to start this week, I was really surprised because I think this game's going to be really close. Uh, I think Stanford's going to be able to limit Washington State. Washington State's going to be able to do the things that they've been able to do as well. And 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 I, I don't quite know how it's going to play out. I mean, I I've been absolutely dumbfounded week in week out with Washington State. One week they look like they're world beaters against Oregon, and the next week against Cal, they can't do anything offensively. So we'll see how it all plays out. I think Stanford finds a way to keep this game close and covers. Uh, but at home, I think Washington State continues with their dominance of Stanford over the last few years and, and, and finds a way to eke one out uh, to get their to get their fifth win. I don't think that we're going to see K.J. Costello out quarterback Anthony Gordon, but do you think that Cameron Scarlett will be heavily utilized in this game? Because that's how teams have been beating Washington State last week. We saw Chris Brown have a great game two weeks ago. We saw C.J. Verdell had a, have a great game against Washington State. Do you think that it rides on Cameron Scarlett for Stanford to beat this team? Yeah, I think you have to run the football against Washington State. That They've clearly shown you that they can't stop the run. And if you commit to it, you're able to control the time of possession and, and limit possession for Washington State because offensively, Anthony Gordon, that offense, is dynamic and, and is as is, is potent as anybody. But if you limit them and put them on the, on the sideline and not allow them to have a ton of possessions, which is what Mike Leach is looking for, that's when you get that opportunity. And, and we've seen it. You're exactly right. Oregon, Cal, and now uh, Stanford, which has been always great at running the football and not necessarily as good this year, uh, is going to have to – uh, put that at the forefront if they plan to go up to Pullman and win. I never asked you about this, but or about him, but Brandon Arcanado, senior wide receiver leading the team in receptions, has five touchdowns on the season as well. Ironically enough, he's actually from the area. He's from La Puente, California, about 30 minutes west or east of here at uh, Bishop Amont High School. But, you know, what? what's your take on him? Because he's re- obviously emerged as the team's best, most reliable receiver, the safety net uh, for Gordon, though he utilizes the field very well. Do you think that this guy has a future at the next level now that we're winding down the season and starting to look forward towards, you know, the NFL draft and sort of where these guys fit in 
uh, if they fit in at the next level? You probably not. You know, he he fits the mold of River Craycraft and of Gabe Marks, who guys that had over 200 200 catches at Washington State, uh, and both of them got opportunities. I think River's still getting an opportunity with the Denver Broncos right now. So yeah, I, I think Brandon Arcanado has an opportunity because he fits that mold. I just I don't think he's going to be a star anywhere or or a guy that you you kind of base an offense around. He he just he kind of rolls with the punches in terms of what Mike Leach brings to the table. I think the two receivers that um, you're going to have to take a good hard look at at the next level eventually. Next year, maybe Des Patman because of his size and strength, and then Cassidy Woods down the stretch. He hasn't gotten much play this year, but but both those guys are big, intimidating wide receivers that I think will get a, probably a shot at the next level. Washington State hosts Stanford 130 on Pac-12 Network. Most of the games from there on are in the late afternoon, or if you're USC, you're playing well into the evening. We'll get to that one in a sec. But Oregon State hosting Arizona State. Fox Sports 1, 430. Jake Luton versus Jaden Daniels. Eno Benjamin versus, I don't know why he's escaping me, but the, the good running back at Jamar Oregon. Jefferson. Thank you, Jamar Jefferson. Also from Southern California. Um, this game is intriguing. I think Arizona State, I know the line, I think it's what, two and a half for Arizona State? Yeah, two and a half. But I think Oregon State really could win this game. They need a home win. It would be nice to beat a decent Pac-12 team. Uh, and and this might actually shape up to be that game for Oregon State. Well, three consecutive losses for Arizona State, right? Jaden Daniels, we don't know if he's going to go for sure. Uh, he didn't play last week, uh, and Yellen looked really, really good. He's a great pocket passer, and uh, I think Jaden Daniels gives Arizona State a better chance to beat a team like Oregon State just because, uh, you know, Oregon State's going to score points, I think, against an Arizona State team, and they're going to need to be dynamic offensively. So uh, we'll see if Herm can get the ship righted. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for Oregon State to win a home game against a, a conference opponent, uh, and, and I'm going to go with them. I, I think they cover, uh, and I think they win outright. Um, and, and Arizona State continues that downward slide. Uh, I don't know what's going to ride it for them. They, you know, they they're, maybe their their ability to come back in the game against USC last week triggered something, and they feel like they found something down the stretch. We'll find out. But right now, I think Oregon State has an opportunity to get that fifth win. You bring up the backup from last week who played a good game for Arizona State. Ironically, uh, he actually, Joey Yellen, went to Mission Viejo High School. Jaden Daniels is from San Bernardino, and they actually, at Cajon, and they actually played each other twice throughout the four years that they both started at their respective high schools. Now, of course, Yellen backing up Daniels and actually having uh, at least a very good start to his campaign. Uh, 28 for 44, six and a half average per completion. So Arizona State pair of freshman quarterbacks, both productive, uh, and ironically, both were rivals in high school. But that's this is going to be an Are they productive, though? That's You, you, you use the, the completion, yards per completion. I hate that stat. It's meaningless in my mind. Are, are they? Have, I don't feel like they've done anything. Do you, do you think that Jaden Daniels over four years at Arizona State could turn into a quarterback that leads this team to – I think the way they're recruiting, there's going to be a new quarterback every single year. I really do. I think they went out and got three guys this year, one of the best dual threat guys, one of the best pocket passers. You know, who's to say that Yellen isn't the guy from this point on? I mean, you have no idea. They're about to be a team that either is 7-5 and or 6-6 and if they don't get things straight. And if you're Ray Anderson – all the hype seems to be like, yeah, things are going great in, in Tempe and, and Herm Edwards. And no, guess what? If they're seven and five, that's the identical record w- uh, of Todd Graham, the year he got fired, and what Herm Edwards has done the la- last two years. Now, I, 
I get it. Ray Anderson told me we're not going to quantify this year by wins and losses, but by what we're doing in the recruiting trail, and all those things seem to lead to the positive. And it sounds like, you know, you know, he's winning the day in Tempe, but they're not winning the games. And you have to win the games to be a perpetual top 15 football team because that's what they're looking for, and that's what Ray Anderson wanted when he hired Herm Edwards. But doesn't it feel like this team is geared? Like, it, it feels like it. they're in the back end of, like, a rebuild. I know in college it's hard to say, oh, you're in rebuild because it largely comes down to recruits, and you don't – I mean, yeah, you have some control as a big college school – a big college recruiting school to be able to influence recruits. But for Arizona, I mean, they have Chad Johnson Jr. committed. He's a five-star wide receiver from Cathedral High School in California, in Los Angeles. Uh, he's like the third best wide receiver in the nation, I believe, statistically this season. It feels like they're building around the freshman quarterbacks that they have because they believe these guys have enough potential. And I think Jaden Daniels has the fundamentals to be a solid quarterback for this team. To me, that speaks to the fact that because they're going for playmakers around the quarterbacks, because they're trying to recruit offensive linemen from places like Florida and Alabama, even though these guys are two and three stars, they're still bigger bodies than what you find out of the typical recruiting region for Arizona State, it feels like they are gearing up for the future well, I'm around sure these guys. You, I'm sure everybody feels like they are. That's why there's so much optimism. Still got to win football games. They don't do it. They yep. don't win enough football games to be considered a Pac-12 champion. Not even close. Five and four this season. We'll see if that drops or if they can go six and four at Arizona or Oregon State, excuse me, uh, Arizona State at 4.30 on Fox Sports 1. At five o'clock, the game that could... Change everything. If for some reason UCLA could pull it off, they are in Utah at 5 o'clock on Fox. This is going to be, um, I think Utah is just going to cover the 21-point the spread and nobody's going to look back at this game and say, okay, this was competitive. I don't know why we even talked about it. But in the off chance UCLA does something crazy, things could get really sticky in the Pac-12 South. I don't know if it would necessarily get sticky. I think it, I, I think if UCLA were to beat Utah on the road, I, I think they may have the confidence and have what they need to to win the South. And then it just and then you just throw the throw the Pac-12 out of the conversation completely when it comes to the college football playoff. Um, so leave it to UCLA to screw things up. Right. It, it would be the most Pac-12 thing you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think that uh, there's been a collision course for Oregon and Utah for a long time now, and a bye week for Utah uh, before. This game played huge for them, allowing Tyler Huntley to rehab and, and, and get that knee right. And I, I think they I think they have a determination right now to do the things that they need to do. Um, show the committee, show the country, uh, they're as good as advertised. People are kind of talking about UCLA, UCLA as like, you know, you know they may have found something. Chief Kelly may have found something. Well, you know, what he's found is is kind of the bottom half of the Pac-12 for his victories and. Um, this team certainly isn't at the bottom. They're at the very, very top, and it's going to get ugly. It's going to be cold. It's going to fit into right exactly what Utah needs to do, and I'm in agreement with you. I think Utah covers the 21 points and wins this football game you know, 35 to 10, 35 to 14. Yeah, it feels like UCLA is going to have trouble holding or running the ball, passing the ball, excuse me. It's going to be cold, so they're probably going to be running it uh, more so. Right now, game time, 5 o'clock. The temperature is supposed to be about 48 degrees, and that's going to drop significantly over the two hours of the first, you know, two and a half quarters into the 40s, low 40s, high 30s. And for UCLA, uh, that only means trouble. So we'll see how that game goes. 5 o'clock, Fox, Utah with a 21-point favorite at home against UCLA. Ryan and I both believe that they will cover handedly. Let's move on to 7.30. There are two games 
Now Pac-12 after dark is de designated to ESPN. So technically the 7.30 game, Oregon-Arizona, is the Pac-12 after dark game. Now ironically, Cal hosts USC at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And that's not the designated Pac-12 after dark game because of the branding that ESPN uses. So Oregon-Arizona... I don't think there's much to talk about. I think Oregon, I think Arizona offensively, uh, especially at the quarterback position, has no idea what's going on, uh, and Oregon is going to run away with this game very quickly. Well, I mean, this for me, it all depends on what they do, yeah. uh, style point wise. I have them number four in the country this week, um, and let's see if they they show it. You know, earlier in the year against opponents, they probably should have beaten down much worse Stanford, Cal, things like that. Uh, they didn't do it. Now, now we're in a place where they found something in that second half, late in the half against USC, and maybe they've really found themselves, especially with the wide receiver position, with a lot of that health coming back. Um, you know, do they cover the 26 points? We'll see. Uh, Arizona seems to be a team that, that finds ways to score football uh, points, not on the road. You know, so I, I think Oregon knows what's at stake. Uh, every week's a uh, huge pressure game for them, and they have to use style points now if they want to get in that conversation at the end of the year. Uh, I think they go out and beat Arizona handily on Saturday night. Ironically, all but one game has a half-point spread assigned to whatever it is. So, you know, Washington State, 10.5. Depends on what you're looking at. I don't have any half-points except Oh, for you have no half-points. Interesting. only half-point I have is uh, Arizona State has a half-point. For me, everywhere else, they're at 6, 26, 21, and 10. So. You have USC at 6? Yep. Yeah, USC at Cal, 8 o'clock on Fox. That is a brutal game to have to play at 8 o'clock on a Saturday in November. But the Trojans, I don't know. I it, After what we saw last week when they almost blew it against Arizona State, when they almost blew it against Colorado a few weeks ago. But they didn't. They Correct. And, and your motto is it doesn't matter how you get the win as long as you walk away with the win. Now, in Oregon's case, it seems like that is changing a little bit for you, right? Because you said that they need style points now. It's not about just getting to the win. Yeah, I mean, you – because they have a whole different uh, uh, perspective right. for people to look at, right? I mean, USC, for them, it doesn't matter how they win right now. It, they're not playing for something extra. They're playing for Clay Helton's job is what they're playing for. So all they need to do is win football games for him to keep his job. So I'm, most people are hoping they, they get upset by a, a Cal or a, a UCLA. or I mean, I've had plenty of fans like, tweet at me or talk to me and say, I wish we just would lose so it would be a, a mute point, you know, uh, a mute point that, that – that they don't have to think about <laughs> is he going to be is he going to be held over? Or, you Are know? USC fans and Dolphin fans in the same boat right now? Yeah, it's a tanking situation in, in some of their opinions because you know there are people that are are adamant about Urban Meyer needs to be the guy. I mean, you have Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner from the beginning of the year. They sit next to him on the 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 platform for Fox, and they've said simply that if if there was a coaching change, they would be all in for Urban Meyer. So, I mean, when you got both your Heisman Trophy winning players from that last era where they were good, you know, championing for a, for a head coach, most people are going to follow suit. Um, and and so we'll see how it plays out. But this USC-Cal game for me is interesting. A year ago, they went down to USC, and Cal found a way to win this football game. Uh, offensively, they've been so anemic. And somehow they bust out against Washington State and score a bunch of points and win that football game. I don't know if they're capable of doing that against the USC defense, who's got a great defensive line. Uh, a solid secondary and good linebackers. You know, we'll we'll see what the talent looks like on, on the field Saturday night. But I will say this: Justin Wilcox knows how to present a defense and present problems for an air raid offense. Now it's all going to be about whether or not 
they can get turnovers like they were able to against Washington State, turn those into points, uh, and find a way to win. They've found ways to win ugly. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I don't know if Chase Garbers is going to be back anytime this year. Uh, that, that shoulder injury really, really is problematic for me because it was an AC sprain. had to be pretty significant because I had one of those when I was playing, and, and it was it was hurtful, but I, but I played. So I don't know what the, the difference is. I don't know how much more of an uh, injury it's been because he's been out ever since that Arizona State game, and here we are uh, coming down the stretch, and it would be huge if he were to be able to play. If not, Devon Monster has got to be very, very good to upset a, a USC team. I'm going to go Cal Bears uh, cover. I don't know if they're able to win it outright, but I think they cover the six points that's being sent out there. 8 o'clock, Fox Sports 1. Between USC, Florida State, and Arkansas, which one's the most attractive head coaching job? Um, it's got to be USC. I mean, I mean that's that's a, a blue blood. Now, Florida State's won an, uh, a national championship. Bobby Bowden has put that in, but it seemed for a while now they've you know they've been kind of crumbling. Jimbo Fisher's last national championship, and since then they haven't been the same. But I think when you put up up as brands nationally, I, I feel like USC just sits there more prominently. But I'm also from the West Coast. I don't know necessarily the South and how Florida State is for Florida recruits, right? They may still view it as that, and they just need to see something differently because it's a, a recruiting hotbed for Florida players. Arkansas, for me, doesn't seem like, like, like it's a job anybody should want because it's very difficult. It's in the west of the SEC, right? Brett Bielema has been a really good football coach at Wisconsin. He tried to go to the SEC and do something different. No, Chad Morris only gets a year and a half. I mean, the only guy that seemingly has won there has been Bobby Petrino. And guess what, everybody? He's been clamoring for the job. He came back and he apologized to the touchdown club there locally. And, you know, I don't know what, which way they're going to go in a coaching search. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go back to a guy that's that's shown you he can win and recruit there, even though what has transpired in his career has been just absolutely absurd. We'll see how this all plays out. But I, I feel like USC is, is – is the optimal job if you're out there hoping for a big-time chance to co- coach big-time college football. For those who may have been living in a, in a bubble the last few months, Arkansas may actually be the worst Power 5 school that I have seen this season. They lost to San Jose State. And they lost to Western. They got destroyed by Western Kentucky this past week in a game. They were only favored by 2.5 to open up that game, and it was a I mean, Western Kentucky had 28 points in the first half. So Arkansas imploding. Last question for you, Ryan, before we, we get out of here. What's more likely, Deion Sanders coaching Florida State or Urban Meyer coaching USC? Um, Urban Meyer coaching USC. Uh, you know, guys won national championships. We've, we've found clearly that, uh, um, you know, college football is valued uh, with wins over, um, you know, character and integrity, even though we we – rally behind it all the time about character and integrity uh winning puts a, a nice spit shine on all of it so uh, i think that that plays into it more i mean the Deion sanders conversation is is interesting uh, he doesn't have any head coaching experience doesn't have any college coaching experience uh, you know recruiting it would be a, a a boondoggle i think i think he he would be able to get into anybody's home. It's like Penny Hardaway at Memphis or Jawan Johnson up at Michigan. Yeah, you'd be able to get into anybody's home to to pitch your 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 school. He would have to have uh, an assistant head coach uh, and coordinators in positions that have been in college football for years and years and years and, and have a, a stability there. Uh, it would be a big splash, but 
you know, who knows what primetime would, would want for a contract, too. They've already just dished out $20 million uh, to – to uh, Willie Taggart uh, and are paying uh, South Florida still even for the removal of Willie Taggart. Right. So we'll see how this all, all goes, but I, I would be more surprised to see Deion Sanders get the job at Florida State than I would Urban Meyer at, at, at USC. I know I just said that was my last question, but something else just came to mind. You brought it, We brought up earlier the idea of USC's quarterback situation. Does somebody transfer? What happens uh, with a coaching change? If the style of the offense changes, what happens with um, – with Jacob Garcia, their five-star quarterback recruit. Do you think that the the playerman empowerment era that we're seeing in the NBA and the NFL is matriculating into college? Well, of course. The ability – Well, the, I, no, it's, not, it's not empowerment. It's self-importance. Individuals growing up these days think they're, they are so important. Twitter, Instagram, all these online social platforms – uh, there's a self-importance that exists right now, and you do not view uh, things necessarily in the team concept anymore. It's about you, and it's what's best for you. And I'm a player's advocate. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's also uh, something to be said about dealing with adversity and dealing with it in a positive and healthy way. If you're only going to be able to play college football and not have a chance at the next level, where which most people will, 99% of you will, you have to take your opportunity to go play football somewhere if that's what you want to do because you can get a college education anywhere at all those places you go to. But the chance to play college football is limited. And if you get an opportunity to go do that somewhere else because you'd be right in the pine uh, here, I'm okay with it. I am. I'm okay with it. Now I get it uh, if, if you're leaving your team in the lurch. But if most likely if you're a guy that's leaving and you're a backup, you're not, you're not necessarily the guy anyway. So, uh, But I will tell you this. The transfer portal – uh, has done a lot of things. And I think a lot of people think it's opened up opportunities like Justin Fields and stuff like that. Those guys are the exceptions. The rule is you go into the transfer portal, you don't never come out. You may end up someplace else, but you won't have a scholarship. You may never play again. It's not the thing that people think it is. It's not what you see coming from Justin Fields. It's more often what you see coming from Tate Martell. Right. And that's got to be said and talked about. So you young men who are making those decisions – to put your name in the transfer portal because things haven't necessarily gone your way right away at a place you chose to go to, you know, beware that you may not get a scholarship. Most likely you won't get a scholarship, and there isn't a good chance that you're going to be able to play college football down the line. You're going to have to go learn a new offense, a new defense, uh, you know, go through and compete just like you did at the other place. So uh, just be aware of that and understand that those things come with what the transfer portal brings. That transfer portal will be open for the Pac-12 come season's end. We'll see what happens with USC's quarterback situation. We'll see what happens with Oregon once Herbert leaves for the draft. We know Tyler Shuck will back him up. And Jake Butterfield, a five-star quarterback who is uh, from Liberty High School up in Northern California, is committed to the Ducks as well. A lot of intriguing quarterback decisions will be made in this conference come the end of the season, and we'll make sure that we get into that conversation when the time is right. But for now, I think it's t- time to say goodbye. A nice five-game slate of Pac-12 football for you on Week 12, starting off with Washington State hosting Stanford, Oregon State hosting Arizona State, Utah UCLA, Oregon hosting Arizona, and the final game at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, Cal hosting USC Ryan. You have a trip to make this weekend. Where are you going to be? Yeah, I'll be down in Atlanta. A uh, little fun belt action uh, between uh, App State, who – again, upset a, a Power 5 team in South Carolina last week. 
will be taking on Georgia State. This is a, a, a big conference game for the eventual winner of, of, of that conference. I had Georgia State earlier this year in the upset against Tennessee, and I had App State in their big win on the road against Louisiana Lafayette. So uh, I'm looking forward to this football game. A App State had every opportunity to be the group of five recipient if they didn't stumble uh, two weeks ago against uh, Georgia Southern. They just they seemingly can't figure out a way to beat Georgia Southern. Uh, Who's your group of five representative now then? Right now it's Memphis. Oh, you know, uh, right now it's Memphis and Cincinnati. Those two teams are going to are going to play each other, and that will be determining, I think, who is the uh, uh, group of five group. Uh, Boise State's probably going to throw their hat in the mix. Their loss to Boise uh, to BYU is going to be big, but don't forget you have to be not only your conference champion but the high, highest ranked in the college football ranking. So, uh, you know, that's the thing for App State for me. The loss to Georgia Southern. They're still most likely going to win the Sun Belt, but because of the loss to Georgia Southern the committee may not have them in their top 25 or high enough to be the group of six uh, or a New Year's six-day uh, group of five representative. I have them number 25 in my, my poll this week. They have wins against North Carolina and South Carolina this year. So those are utterly impressive. Um, but uh, a one-loss App State team might not be good enough. Catch Ryan on the call. Georgia State hosting App State in, as you said, Sun Belt action on Saturday. But until then, enjoy week 12. We have a massive two-episode week next week to recap week 12, get you set for week 13. We may have a guest on as well. But until then, for Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin signing off. Please rate, review, and subscribe across all listening platforms. This is Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at